We're back with another evening edition of... What's the channel called? Casting Pods, left and right. 59, 59. Coincidentally, this is episode 59. Is it? Yeah. We gotta throw it out there a bunch. Every, every time we say 59, we gotta, gotta do that. 59, 59. Is it gonna bug you if I turn this on? <coughs> yeah. Yeah? No, that's fine. For a little while. That's brightest. You know what? So, doing a list of top serial killers from each state. We'll probably only do partial on this list at a time. So, just get right into it. Okay. Alabama. Thomas Warren Wy- Weisenhant. Hunt? Weisenhant. Hunt. Huh. Never heard of him. Neither. On October 76, Thomas Warren abducted Cheryl Payton from a convenience store where she worked, drove her to a secluded area, and assaulted her in the front seat of his pickup truck. He then shot her point blank and dragged her body into a wooded area. Later, he returned and mutilated her body. When he was caught, he told the police everything about the murder and even confessed to other murders. He was put to death in 2010. Never Why heard did of that it wait guy. so long? <laughs> Dude, it's terrible. The way, like... Pretty sure Charles Manson was in prison for like a solid 50-something years. <laughs> he just died of old age waiting for his death penalty. I don't understand that. Like, if it's... If it's a done deal, set in stone, I have all the evidence and the proof, like... Get what, over with and stop paying why, taxes. Exactly. Why do we have to wait, you know, 40 years for them to <clears throat> finally... Yeah. So, Alaska. I've heard of this guy. Robert Hansen. Interesting tidbit, though. Alaska has more serial killings per its population size than any other state. Well, there's only like 10 people in Alaska, so, I mean, one one, one serial, serial killer, killer, that's 10%, you know? <laughs> Let's see. Hansen appeared to be the model father, husband, and business owner. But he was harboring a terrible secret. He was hunting women like wild animals. He started abducting... Oh, uh, wasn't it prostitutes yeah, or something? Yeah, sex workers and strippers. And brought them to his remote cabin in the woods where he would torture them. He would turn them loose in the woods of Anchorage, and he would hunt them down for pleasure. When finally caught, Hansen confessed to murdering 17 people, but was only convicted of four. That's another thing I don't get. If the dude's making the confession of killing 17 people, convict him for 17 people. Be like, dude, you want the credit, we're just going to add it onto your sentence. So... But yeah, this dude was absolutely nuts, dude. It was like literally the human hunger games. And just like take actual human people out in the woods in Alaska and hunt them like animals. That's Sick. insane, bro. Sick. Arizona. Here you go, mom. Mark Goodell became known as the baseline killer when he terrorized Phoenix, Arizona in the summer of 2006. He would attack women during their daily lives. One he brutally raped and murdered as she was vacuuming her car. Another woman met a similar fate when she was waiting at the bus stop. Uh, I'm not going to go into the details of how they were all found because that's messed up. It doesn't say if he was convicted or killed or whatever. That's all it says about that one. Arkansas is where my peoples are from. It's Arkansas. Mm-hmm. Do you know it's actually a law 
that you have to pronounce it with a soft S. But I think you can get fined if you say Arkansas. Really? Or Arkansas, yeah. Huh. But, okay, so this guy, the Phantom Killer. Spooky. <laughs> Although this killer was never identified and spanned two states, the Phantom Killer earns his spot on the list for the terror he caused in 1946. Every three weeks to the day, his murderer, this murderer would shoot a couple to death in their car. Eventually, movie theaters canceled shows, and people were told to stay behind locked doors, and very few left their homes. Outside the town of Texarkana, which spanned Texas and Arkansas, obviously, just as fast as the killing started, they suddenly stopped. The killer was never identified, but the terror he left on the small town was never lost, ultimately inspiring the classic horror film, The Town That Dreaded Sundown. Mm. This dude's crazy, too. California. Ed Kemper. Edmund Kemper is a particularly brutal serial killer. He killed ten young people, earning him the title of the co-ed killer. Before earning this moniker, he killed his grandparents at the age of 15 and was in jail for two years. That's it? Yep. In the early 70s, Kemper started to pick up young hitchhikers who were Fresno State students, eventually escalated to killing them and cutting their heads off. On some occasions, he would turn back and have relations with the corpses. What? Right before he was caught, he killed his mother by smashing her head in with a hammer before decapitating her. He was found guilty on eight counts of first-degree murder and is currently serving his sentence in prison. <laughs> See that right there? You should just probably ask the guy. Yeah. Colorado, where he is now. Scott Lee Scott. Never heard of him. Me either. Well, now this says Scott Lee Kimball. <laughs> Scott Lee Kimball is an FBI informant turned serial killer. In 2002, he was in jail for fraud and convinced the FBI to let him out as an informant. During those years, he killed four people, including his uncle, his cellmate's girlfriend, and a 19-year-old girl. Uh, after a brutal car chase... Kimball was arrested and pled guilty to four charges of second-degree murder and is currently serving a 70-year sentence. Again. Just get it over with, man. Uh, Connecticut? Connecticut. William Devin Howell is best described as a drifter. In 2003, he roamed the streets of Connecticut in his van that he dubbed the Murder Mobile. The name makes sense because at that time, Hal abducted, assaulted, and murdered seven people. He buried the bodies in his garden behind a strip mall as a memorial. On trial, Hal said he could not explain his motive behind the killings, referencing a monster inside of him. Hmm. Yeah, it's called insanity. <laughs> Delaware. Stephen Brand Pinnell. Pinnell. <laughs> the state of Delaware has only one documented serial killer. Hmm. Well, it's Good like job, big, Delaware. So. Stephen Brian Penal, or Penal, more commonly known as the Route 40 killer, between the years of 1987 and 1988, preyed on sex workers who worked on Route 40. He picked them up in his electrician van. As the bodies began to pile up, investigators struggled to find a culprit. All they had for clues were blue carpet fibers 
on the bodies. Eventually, an undercover cop was picked up by Penal. Penal. <laughs> I don't know how to pronounce his last name. And she noticed his van was covered in blue carpet. The investigators had their guy, a seemingly harmless man who was a father, husband, and electrician. He was found guilty of murdering two of his victims during his sentencing. Penal bizarrely asked to be put to death. However, he never admitted to the crimes. He died of lethal injection in 1992. Hmm. Hmm. It actually went fast on him. <clears throat> yeah. Got Florida. Ted Bundy. No. Christine Falling. Ted Bundy's state shocked me, actually. Drunk. For some reason I had a different state Oregon? in mind. No. Utah. Oh yeah. Weird. Just doesn't seem like Ted Bundy was that close, I guess. He's well, in Florida, Colorado too. Florida has seen the likes of Eileen Warnos and Ted Bundy, so he was in Florida at some point. Yeah, that's where he got caught. One unknown serial killer makes this list for her brutality. Christine Falling became known as the babysitter from hell. Oh, I know who this is. When she choked and killed five children in the early 80s, including an eight-month-old baby. She was just 19 years old when she murdered the children. She pled guilty and said she killed the children she babysit for because she had to satisfy a sudden urge to choke them. She was sentenced to life in prison and is still there today. See, in these kind of situations, especially when it's kids that are the victims... I feel like if you choked a kid, somebody ought to just brutally choke you. Exactly. And if you did nasty things to kids, somebody ought to hook you up to a machine <laughs> and just let it do you to death. That's the way I think, but see, I, that's why I'm not. That's a, a little sick, but I agree with the whole, well, you want to <laughs> strangle kids, and guess what? This is going to happen to you. The Atlanta child murderer is from Georgia, obviously. Between 79 and 81, Atlanta was in a state of panic. Black children in the neighborhoods were being targeted and murdered one by one, and it became known as the Atlanta Child Murders. Murders, not murderers. It is believed that Wayne Williams, a freelance photographer, may have been responsible for the murder. And cuts off the page right there. Wayne is in jail for the other murders and has never been. And that's all it says on that page. Some believe Williams has nothing to do with the crimes and think that police pinned him because they wanted an answer. There are those who also believe the KKK were the real murderers of these children, but the FBI found no direct link between the group and these murders. If it's true, Williams could be guilty of killing close to 30 people. Hmm. Hawaii. Or Hawiwi. Hawaii? Hawaii. Honolulu Strangler. When you think of Hawaii, you think of sunny beaches and peaceful islands. In the mid-80s, the tropical utopia was gripped with fear when five bodies were found near the water. All five were women ranging from 1736. Each one of the bodies was found with their hand bound with their hands tied behind their backs, and some were sexually assaulted. Police believe the murders were the act of a serial killer, but can never find the culprit. The case remains open. Oh. Yeah, not good. Idaho. Lida Southard or Lady Bluebird. Lida or Lynn? Sure. Lady Bluebird is on the list because she's Lida. often credited with being Idaho's and sometimes the country's first female serial killer. Not true that I know of. 
pretty sure Lizzie Borden was the first female serial killer. In the early 1900s, Lady Southard murdered her four former husbands, her brother-in-law, and even her own daughter by poisoning. It is believed Southard murdered her husbands for insurance purposes. After she was caught, she was sentenced to 10 years to life in prison. After a notorious escape from prison, she later died from a heart attack. Oh, good. Yeah. Oh, this is a good one. Illinois. John Wayne Gacy. The serial killer clown. I think I've heard of this guy. I'd imagine most people have. Okay. Didn't give me a lot of information here. I just know that he sexually assaulted young boys, strangled them with ropes, buried their bodies under his house, and he did it all while wearing a clown costume, which he referred to as Pogo the Clown. He was found guilty on all 33 counts of murder and was put to death in 1994. Indiana, Herbert Easter. Herbert led a double life. He lived on a farm in Indiana with his wife of 25 years and th had three children. What his wife didn't know was that he cruised gay bars at night picking up young men. Eventually, the police started showing up at the Baumeister home asking questions about the missing boys. They later found 11 bodies just 50 feet from his home. As the cops circled in on him, he panicked and died by suicide without ever facing a trial. <laughs> well... I guess technically without facing the long arm of the law yep. well I reckon that's probably good for tonight right oh how many more you got well we're only on Iowa well, I'll keep going if the light's not bugging you well, I'm good for now Iowa I'll tell you when it's bothering me Carol Edward Cole Although Cole's crimes weren't committed in Iowa, he grew up in the state that seemingly shaped his life into a serial killer. While in Iowa, he lived with his mother, who would often beat him. There he grew to hate his mother and women as a whole. Between 1948 and 1980, Cole strangled and killed 13 women across multiple states because he said it felt like he was killing his mother. He was found guilty and sentenced to death. He refused to appeal because it would be unbearable to stay here any longer. He was executed in 1985. <laughs> oh, this dude looks... This is one of the big ones. Huh. Dennis Lynn Rader is better known by his other... Oh, this is Kansas. I'm sorry. Dennis Lynn Rader is better known by his other name, the BTK Killer. The letters which stand for Bind, Torture, Kill. That is exactly what he did. He killed 10 people in Wichita between 1974 and 1991. What made him particularly noteworthy is the cat and mouse game he played with authorities. At each crime scene, he would leave a clue as to who he was. At one, he left a letter telling them he can't stop killing and gave himself the initials BTK. That guy looks insane. Kentucky, Donald Harvey. Donald Harvey is better known as the Angel of Death. After he confessed to 57 murders in the 1980s. Jeez. Oh, I know this guy. Harvey was a nurse's aide working at hospitals in Kentucky and Ohio, and he killed dozens of patients using cyanide, 
rat poison arsenic, which is all pretty much the same thing. Bottom line was Donald Harvey liked to kill. It was in a book. Harvey was convicted of 37 murders and sentenced to multiple life sentences. In 2017, he was beaten to death in prison. Good. Yeah. Louisiana. Clementine Barnaby. The story of Clementine Barnaby is that of a voodoo and the occult. Barnaby killed entire families as they slept in what became known as the voodoo murders in the 1910s. 19-year-old Barnaby confessed to killing 17 people with an axe on behalf of the Church of Sacrifice. On her behalf, church followers killed upwards of 40 people. Although she confessed, she was not put to death because she was so young. Instead, she was sentenced to life in prison. I'm just saying, bro, after you're like 12, I'm pretty sure you can handle yourself. Yeah. There's lots of times people made me mad and I didn't kill them. Maine, Jean Joubert, or John Jobert, I'm not sure which one. John once said that he was young, when he was young. <laughs> I was like, yeah, no kidding, bro. <laughs> no shit. John once said that when he was young, he fantasized about killing his babysitter and eating her. What? Wow. Wow. In the late 70s, Jobert made his fantasies a reality when he killed three boys Strangling them and taking bites of each. God dang, man. Two of his kills took place in Nebraska when he worked for the Air Force. And the third happening in Maine when he abducted an 11-year-old boy who went out for a jog. When John was caught, he said he was happy because he knew he would kill again. He met his fate in the electric chair. Jan July 17th of 96. Maryland. Joseph Matheny. In the 90s, Matheny would lure sex workers into his trailer and stab and strangle them. But it's what he did with their bodies that really shocked the nations. Turns out Matheny, I've heard that this guy, Matheny also owned a food stand where he would mix the human flesh from his victims with animal meat and sell it to his customers. Yikes. That's how he earned the nickname The Cannibal. He was found guilty on three murder charges was facing the death penalty, but in 2000, it was overturned to a life sentence. He died in prison. Massachusetts, Massachusetts, the Boston Strangler. Between 1962 and 1964, Boston was plagued with a serial killer. Thirteen women were killed in their own homes. There was no sign of forced entry, so police believed each victim let their murderer in voluntarily. Despite the fact that some of the women were stabbed to death, the killer earned the name the Boston Strangler. His killing sparked a full panic in the small city. Albert DeSalvo confessed to all 13 murders, but his story didn't add up. He was eventually murdered in prison. There we go. Michigan. Elias Abuelazam? Abuelazam? Abuelazam! Epilasm. We'll just call him Elias. Yeah. He was known as the serial stabber. Because between 2009 and 2010, Elias stabbed 18 people in Flint, Michigan. <laughs> At least they didn't have to drink the water. <laughs> that was a Flint, Michigan joke, guys. Of those 18, five people were killed. Oh, that sounds so bad. 
stabbings became national news when he crossed <laughs> it's, I mean, what it's did not, you just say? It's, it's not that bad. <laughs> I mean, of course, I mean, compared wow. to some of these other people. Five is not that many on the list of the top serial killers. Yeah. It's not a very high kill count. Stabbings became like national news like when he crossed state lines to stab even more people. Some, yeah, he was sentenced to life in prison for his crimes and remains in prison. Minnesota. Paul Michael Stephanie. Uh, I didn't really say much. Uh, okay. In 1982, Minnesota police received several phone calls from a man who was crying. He would call after every time he killed a person, confessing to the murder. In the years to come, the weepy-voiced killer would be identified as Paul Michael Stephanie. Stephanie admitted to beating and stabbing three women in the years 1980 and 1982. He confessed to several other murders just before dying in prison of cancer. Mississippi. Glenn Rogers. Not to be confused with Roy. Or Glenn Campbell. Doesn't even say. Cut off like half the page. Oh, well. The day before Halloween, Bryce was found dead in the bathtub and Rogers fled the scene. Later, Rogers would be connected to two other murders of women with red hair found slain in their bathtubs. Roger became known as a cross-country killer for killing his victims across multiple state lines. In 2012, reports surfaced that Rogers could be connected to the O.J. Simpson trial, but nothing ever came of it. He was convicted of two murders and sentenced to death, and is currently on death row. Missouri. Terry Blair. targeted sex workers and was found guilty of eight charges of first-degree murder and was sentenced to life in prison. Terry was not the only member of his family who had a murderous past. Five other relatives, including his mother, were convicted of murder. This makes the Blair family one of the most murderous families in Missouri. Montana. David Muir Hofer. In 1973, a seven-year-old girl in Michigan was abducted and strangled to death. Her killer cut up the body. Man, why you gotta do that? That murder turned out to be David Meerhofer, who confessed to four other murders during a four-hour interrogation. They called him a mindless monster. Meerhofer is one of the first serial killers to be identified using the FBI's newly developed profiling system that helped catch countless other serial killers. He... I hate, I know this is the right way to say this. He hanged himself in jail. Hung. But I, it's hung, man. I, I can't say hanged. It just doesn't, that's the right way, but it doesn't sound the right way. Nebraska, Charles Starkweather. Looks like a news reporter. It does, huh? Technically, Starkweather is a spree killer, but that doesn't make him any less terrifying. In 1958, for two short months, Starkweather shocked the nation with his crimes. At just 19 years old, he killed 11 people. He scared everybody because he was killing with a reckless abandon at random. There's no pattern or clear idea as to who would be next. He told authorities he started his killing spree because his parents did not approve of his girlfriend. Wow. 
Wow, because you just dated her anyways, like a normal kid. No shit. Nevada, Gerald and Charlene Gallego. Gallego. I don't know, depending on what part of the country you're in, I guess. Charlene would kidnap the girls and lure them into false promises of safety. Gerald would keep them as sex slaves, ultimately killing them when he finished. By 1980, the couple had killed 10 teenagers in Nevada and California. Once caught, Charlene turned on Gerald in return for a shorter sentence. Gerald was found and was sentenced to death in both California and Nevada, but died of cancer before he was executed. Charlene got out of jail in 2013 after serving a 16-year sentence. Shouldn't like, this lady lured in teenagers to let them get raped and killed. I don't care what kind of deal you struck with the criminal for a shorter sentence. Yeah, I know. They shouldn't be getting out of jail for something like that. No. New Hampshire. Oh, we're getting close, buddy. Terry Peter Rasmussen. It's hard to pin down Rasmussen. They called him the Chameleon because he went by so many names and aliases. In New Hampshire, he was known as Bob Evans, who killed one woman and three small children. Three small children. He stuffed their bodies in barrels in the woods. In California, he was Gordon Jensen, where he killed two other women who were mothers of his babies. That's nice. The body count rose across state lines as his list of aliases grew. Rasmussen was finally identified, but he had already died in prison or serving time for different charges in 2010. Wow. Wow. That guy seems like a real good guy, you know? New Jersey, Charles Edmund Cullen was the angel of death killer and he killed upwards of 40 people over his 16-year career as a nurse in New Jersey. He can't be that because there was already an angel of death killer who was a nurse in a different state. They need to get up original name. Yeah, can come up with his own. Serial killer copyright. <laughs> 16-year career as a nurse in New Jersey. When patients would look for him to care... During their darkest times, he would respond by killing them, usually with prescription drugs. Colin only confessed to 40 murders, but investigators and experts believe his body count might reach the hundreds. Oh, are you kidding me? He was found guilty of murder and sentenced to 11 life sentences. Don't you think at some point somebody would have been like, Alright, dude, why is Charles killing all these people that are his patients? Like, anybody why else that they all died? Dying? Yeah. yeah. Alright, this dude's a real sick individual. New Mexico. Oh, yeah. David Parker Ray. David Parker Ray bought a $1,000 trailer. Inside the trailer, he made a personal torture chamber fitted with sex toys, handcuffs, whips, and chains. Ray would bring his victims into this chamber and torture them sexually before murdering them. According to the Albuquerque Journal, Ray would often record the torture on video. He called his truck the Toy Box, so he took on the name of the Toy Box Killer. Sometimes he let women go after torturing them. For others, he cut them into pieces and threw their bodies into lakes and ravines. He was sentenced to 224 years in prison, but he died in prison of a heart attack in 2002. Also, there's a really good episode that Morbid does on this guy. Morbid True Crime Podcast. Yeah. Check that out sometime if you're interested, guys, because there's a lot more than what I'm giving you here. This is just like a synopsis. So. What comes after New Mexico? 
heck else is there at the end before North Carolina? North Dakota? Yeah. No, that'll be after North Carolina. North Virginia? Or no, it's West Virginia. North Virginia. <laughs> Mountain Mama. Mama. Take me home. <laughs> oh. New York. Oh. I forgot that was a state. Duh. In 1993, Rifkin was pulled over by police for not having a license plate. The police were suddenly struck by a smell escaping the trunk of his car. The smell turned out to be Tiffany Bresciani's decomposing body. It was discovered that over four years, the Long Island killer, ah, that's who this guy is, killed 17 women, most of them sex workers. He dismembered their bodies and disposed of the pieces all over New York. Lovely. He was found guilty of killing 17 women and was sentenced to 203 years in prison. At that point, why don't you just kill the guy or say life? Ain't nobody going to make it 203 years in prison. <laughs> exactly. Which he is still serving. North Carolina. Henry Lewis Wallace. Ten women were murdered in the mid-90s in Charlotte, North Carolina. They all had one thing in common. They all knew Henry Lewis Wallace. Each of the women was friends with Wallace's girlfriend or worked with him. And each had his name in their phone books. Wallace even attended some of their funerals. During his confession, he explained how he strangled each of his victims to death and disposed of their bodies in lakes or railroad tracks near Charlotte. He is currently on death row waiting to fulfill his death sentence. North Dakota, Eugene Butler. He was declared mentally insane in 1906 and died in an asylum a few years later. Two years after his death, a small town in North Dakota learned Butler may have been a serial killer. While excavating his former home, they found the bodies of six boys buried under the floorboard. They were between the ages of 15 and 18, and they were killed by blows to the back of the head. Ohio. Sean Great. In 2016, police received a 911 call just outside of Columbus, Ohio. The woman calling said she had been kidnapped when police arrived at the home. The place was filled with garbage to the ceiling. The smell of decay was overwhelming. And police found a strangled woman's body hiding under a pile of clothes. A second victim was decomposing in the basement. And then it don't say what happened to the guy. So for more on that, Look him up. <laughs> Look him up. Oklahoma, Nanny Doss. Good night. Despite killing 11 of her own family members, Nanny Doss never broke a smile and was nicknamed the Giggly Granny. Some papers even described her as more of a cartoon character than a serial killer. By the time she stopped her brutal reign over her family in the late 50s, she had murdered four of her husbands, one of her mother-in-laws, her two sisters, her grandson, her nephew, two of her own children, and even her own mother. She killed every family member that she disagreed with. Doss was sentenced to life in prison and died in 1965. Wow, that's, that's a rough one. Oregon, Randall Woodfield. In 1974, Randall Woodfield was drafted into the NFL to play for the Green Bay Packers. What the NFL didn't know was that they just drafted one of America's deadliest serial killers. Woodfield didn't become well known as a football player. Instead, he was known as the I-5 killer after he murdered over 40 people along the interstate in Oregon.
Oregon in the early 80s. He would rob, rape, and kill his victims, his preferred method, having his victim lay down and shooting him in the back of the head. Oh. Pennsylvania. Harvey Robinson. This dude looks absolutely nutballs. There's a lot of Harveys. Last name or first Harvey Dent. Harvey Robinson is known for being one of the youngest serial killers reported in the United States. At 17 years old, Robinson attacked and raped five women, killing three of them. The morning call reports. In some cases, he would break into the victim's home. One of his more brutal cases was when he broke into a five-year-old girl's home and strangled her after sexually assaulting her. She survived the attack. Robinson was sentenced to death and remains on death row. Dang. This tough five-year-old, man. Rhode Island, Craig Price. Although Harvey Robinson is known for being a young serial killer, Craig Price from Rhode Island is even younger. In the article of the Boston Globe, he said it best. He stabbed four of his neighbors to death in their own homes before he was old enough to drive. In 1987, when he was just 13 years old, he stabbed Rebecca Spencer to death. Two years later, he killed John, Joe, Joan Eaton and her two daughters. Price is currently in jail after confessing to the brutal murders. Since he was a minor at the time, he has not been sentenced for those crimes. Are you kidding me? This is stupid, man. Okay. You want to stop there, or you want to keep going? Oh, I just might as well keep going. Dropped all my papers, bro. I saw that. South Carolina, as it's typed on this page. Huh. They called Donald Henry Gaskins Pee Wee. It's a silly name for a sadistic man who took pleasure in torturing, torturing women sexually. In fact, Gaskins claimed he killed 200 hitchhikers. First, he would abduct them, then he would torture them. He broke their bones bit them and sometimes acted on his cannibalistic instincts. What? Dude. Those are, that's not instincts, though. No, that ain't instincts at all. South Dakota. Robert Leroy Anderson. In 1994, Amy Anderson was the only woman to escape the clutches of Robert Leroy Anderson. After pushing her car off the road, he grabbed her and pulled her into a ditch. She fought back and got away. Later, Anderson would be charged with two murders, Larissa Demansky and Piper Strail, in 1996. Although he only killed two women, authorities called him a serial killer. I would have killed again had he not been stopped. He wow. was sentenced to death. He appealed to the South Dakota Supreme Court as they heard arguments about his case. Four days after the photo was taken, but you can't see the photo, but there is a photo. Anderson took his life in prison. South Dakota, huh? I guess he was right about killing again. Tennessee. In the 90s, Paul Dennis Reed moved to Nashville to become a country music star. As he struggled to make his way in the country music scene, he took a job as a dishwasher at a local fast food restaurant, but was fired in 1994. From there, Reed went on to rob four different fast food restaurants and kill people inside. In all, he murdered seven people, becoming known as the fast food killer. He was not he was sentenced to death, but died from pneumonia in 2013. <laughs> Texas. 
coral. said that he confessed to killing 28 boys in Texas just outside of Houston. He also recruited two teenage boys as accomplices to help him. He almost got away with the murder of 30 young boys because no one suspected him. He was a straight-laced man who worked on his mother's candy factory. But one of his accomplices, Wayne Hinley, turned on Coral and shot him to death. Hinley confessed and told the police all about his work with Coral. Crawl. Crawl. Coral. Oh, it's spelled two different ways. <laughs> he and the other accomplice are now serving their life sentence in prison. Here it is, boy. Utah. Utah. Ted Bundy. Ted Bundy is perhaps the most recognizable serial killer on this list. Although he killed women all over the country, Bundy made his way to Utah in 1974. He was attending law school at the University of Utah at the time and tricked women with his clean, preppy looks. Would often lure them to himself by faking an arm injury. He would then rape and murder them. In Utah, he murdered three women and was sentenced to 15 years in the Utah State Prison. But he was extradited to Colorado, where he was sentenced to death and met the electric chair in 1989. It doesn't say his total count here, but I know it was ridiculously high. Yeah. Ted Bundy was a beast. He escaped prison in Colorado, too. Yeah. So, Vermont. Israel Keys. Israel Keys killed himself in prison in 2012. He took a lot of answers with him. This much was for certain. He killed two sex workers between 2001 and 2005. But investigators believe he killed at least 11 people around the country. Authorities also link him to a couple murder, couple's murder in Burlington, Vermont. Yeah. Virginia. I guess I'm just confused on where they find all these sex workers. <laughs> I guess you gotta know where to look. I guess. I don't know. You gotta try to look, probably. Virginia. Timothy Wilson Spencer. He was known as the Southside Strangler. In each of his murders, he broke into their homes, ugh, raped and sodomized them, and then strangled them with a belt or rope. DNA, te D oh my gosh. DNA testing confirmed years later that Timothy Wilson Spencer, the <laughs> Southside Strangler, <laughs> was found of raping, killing four women and was put to death in 1994. Washington, Gary Ridgway. Oh, this is the Green River Killer. Green River in Washington State became notorious because of the number of bodies that were found there in the 90s. The discovery of the corpses led to another news flash the area had a serial killer. They nicknamed him the Green River Killer. DNA tests found Gary Ridgway was the murderer. He confirmed that fact by confessing to over 75 murders. Ridgway said he would kidnap runaways and sex workers again along Route 99 and take them to his home. Once there, he would strangle them to death and dispose of their bodies in the wooded areas near Green River. He was officially charged with 48 murders, but was able to avoid the death sentence with a plea bargain. He is still living out his life sentence. You confessed to 75 murders, 
You should not be able to avoid the death penalty. Exactly. Asinine, bro. The judge should just pull out a pistol and shoot him right in the fucking head. Right in front of everybody. Just be like, what, what, what you get for doing stuff like this? What the heck comes after Washington? <laughs> West, West Virginia? Mount probably. Mama? Yeah, probably. In 1927, the American Friendship Society acted as a matchmaking business. You'd pay an annual fee and receive a list of eligible lovers in your area. Sounds like adult friend finder for the 20s. Harry F. Powers bought a subscription and listed an alias. The women who met him for a date disappeared. By 1932, he killed and robbed five people, according to New York Daily News. He was called the Lonely Hearts Killer and was sentenced to death and hung because I hate the word hanged, in 1932. This dude's another one of the big guys, big dogs. Wisconsin, Ed Gein. Ed Gein seems like a character out of a horror movie, and that makes sense because Ed Gein is the inspiration for the Texas Chainsaw Massacre and others. Huh, he was only found guilty of one murder sentenced to a mental institution. A mental <laughs> institution. A mental institution. institution. He died of cancer in 1984. Wyoming. Polly Bartlett. Polly Bartlett's story dates all the way back to 1868 and is surrounded by local lore. The story goes that Bartlett ran in with her family where she is said to have poisoned the guests with arsenic and would ditch the bodies in a local corral found 22 bodies of men who the innkeeper had allegedly killed. Before she could stand trial for her crimes, she was shot to death by a friend of one of the victims. Bartlett is described as Wyoming's first and worst serial killer. Let's go! That's the list of serial killers, folks. 50 killers for y'all to munch on. Are you having issues? I am, bro. I'm having a lot of issues. What is that? This is a list of jokes. Oh. Let's see. I gotta brighten it up after all that dark palate cleanser, bro. How does Moses make his coffee? Uh, He brews it. (laughs) (laughs) Did you hear about the restaurant on the moon? No. It's great, but there's no atmosphere. Huh. Stupid. Some of these jokes are just dumb. Did you not read them before you printed them off? I read some of them. Uh, let's see. Why do melons have weddings? Because they cantaloupe. <laughs> what happens when you go to the bathroom in France? You wee wee? European. Oh. That's kind of stupid. How many apples grow on trees? All of them? Yeah. That was the whole joke. <clears throat> this is one of my favorite ones that I told the other day. <laughs> Last night I had a dream that I weighed less than a thousandth of a gram. And I was like, OMG. Zero milligrams. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> 
Let's see. You got any other ones? Not here. I have other different dad jokes and stuff. Hmm. Why do you never see elephants hiding in trees? There's no trees big enough? Because they're so good at it. <laughs> I mean, it's funny, but it's not really a joke, I guess. Uh, how does a penguin build out? Oh, you told me that one. Why don't skeletons go trick-or-treating? I don't know. Because they have nobody to go with. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. What's E.T. short for? Extraterrestrial? He's only got two little legs. <laughs> <laughs> this graveyard looks overcrowded. People <laughs> must be dying to get in here. Oh, yeah, you showed me this one. Or I, lo- I saw that one. <laughs> What's brown and sticky? A stick. Oh, well. What? Oh, that's stupid. That's stupid, too. Hold on. Huh. This doesn't really make any sense, either. No sense. Why do vampires seem sick? They're dead. They're always coughing. (laughs) My wife told me I had to stop acting like a flamingo, so I put my foot down. (laughs) I told my girlfriend she drew her eyebrows too high. She seemed surprised. (laughs) Oh, that's funny. Uncle named his watch his dogs Rolex and Timex. They're his watchdogs. <laughs> if you see a robbery at an Apple store, does that make you an eyewitness? Yeah. Ah, I get it. Yeah, I get it. Eyewitness. Yeah, yeah. for Apple. Yeah, like iPhones. Apple, iPhone too. I would avoid sushi if I was you. It's a little fishy. <laughs> get it? <clears throat> yeah, I get it. <laughs> Five out of four people admit that they're bad with fractions. That one's pretty good, actually. (laughs) Two goldfish are in a tank and one says to the other, Do you know how to drive this thing? (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. That's a good one. I'll call you later. No, don't call me later. Call me dad. (laughs) Did you hear about the Italian chef who died... No. He passed away. (laughs) When the grocery store clerk asks me if I want my milk in a bag, I always tell him, no, I'd rather have it in the carton. (laughs) I invented a new word today. Plagiarism. (laughs) It's funny if you know what that is. What do you call a donkey with only three legs? A wonky. (laughs) After dinner, my wife asked if I could clear the table. And although I needed a running start, I did clear it. (laughs) (laughs) 
This morning, Siri said, don't call me Shirley. I accidentally left my phone in airplane mode. The movie Airplane. And he's like, Shirley, sir, there must be another way. Oh, there yeah. is no other way, and don't call me Shirley. Is that the one where they have to land that airplane or something? Yeah. yeah. A woman is on trial for beating her husband to death with his guitar collections. The judge asks her, first offender? She says, no, first a Gibson, then a Fender. <laughs> I know a lot of jokes about retired people, but none of them work. <laughs> that was good. I accidentally dropped my pillow on the floor. I think it might have a concussion. <laughs> Someone complimented me on my parking today. They left a sweet note on my windshield and said, parking fine. <laughs> stupid. That's stupid. <laughs> in America, using the metric system can get you in legal trouble. In fact, if you sneer at any other method of measuring liquids, you might be held in contempt of court. <laughs> found a wooden shoe in my toilet today. It was clogged. That makes sense. My hotel tried to charge me $10 extra for air conditioning. That wasn't cool. <laughs> I bet it wasn't. I think my wife is putting glue on my antique weapon collection. She denies it, but I'm sticking to my guns. <laughs> Which U.S. state is famous for its extra small soft drinks? Minnesota. Oh, that's a good one. I should have known that. What did the ranch say when somebody opened the door on the fridge? I have no idea. Shut the door, I'm dressing. Uh, that's, that's pretty funny. What did the policeman say to his belly button? <laughs> what? What did the policeman say to his belly button? I don't know. You're under a vest. <laughs> what do you call a fake noodle? Ramen. An impasta. <laughs> I've been bored recently, so I decided to take up fencing. The neighbors said they'll call the police if I don't put it back. If two vegans get in a fight, is it still considered a beef? <laughs> One of my favorite memories as a kid was when my brother used to put me inside of tires and roll me down a hill. Those were the good years. <laughs> Pretty sure we did that before. Yeah. I don't think they were good years, though. I never buy appreciated. <laughs> what? what is happening right now? I never buy. <laughs> I never buy pre-shredded cheese because doing it yourself is great. Ah. Yeah. 
I was playing chess with my friend and he said, let's make this interesting. So we stopped playing chess. <laughs> How do you tell the difference between a bull and a milk cow? I mean, obviously, I know the one we, uh, But it's one or the other. <laughs> I have a great joke about nepotism, but I'll only tell it to my family. Nepotism, like when you. The best way I can describe it's like in the workplace. Like you and me. If I only gave you special treatment, that would be nepotism. Oh. Like when you only give your family perks. Big vapor rub truck turned over in the highway this morning. Amazingly, there was no congestion for eight hours. <laughs> and that's it, guys. This is what I got. That was my prepared segmentation for this evening. This 59, 59. Yeah, episode, episode 59, 59. Yee, howdy. You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying, G? boy, boy, oh, golly, gosh darn, G whiz. Speaking of whiz, my wife laughs her ass off every time you leave my house. Oh, because they stop over there in the, in the middle same of the spot? Every time, dude. I'm like, you know what? Nobody can see me from those houses. Nobody can see me from the other houses. And I can see if people are coming down the road. So it just makes logical sense. Yeah. And sometimes they're just saying, no way I'm making it all the way back to my house before I got to pee. You yeah. Know I mean? You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? You need to listen to Pablo Francisco. Pablo? Pablo Francisco. He does these jokes about ecstasy. He's like, this girl walks up to me in this club and she's like, are you Ian? He's like, no, I'm Pablo. He's like, no, are you Ian? He's like, no, I'm Pablo. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, no, are you on ecstasy? And he's like, no. So here, take this. I wanted to be cool and she was hot, so. I took all of them. And soon I'm walking through the dance floor and then all of a sudden it's like oh. And I must have looked like I wasn't feeling very good because the security guard, big old black dude, is like, hey man, you okay? He's like, I just took two hits of Mitsubishi ecstasy. He's like, alright, so here's what's gonna happen. You either gonna feel really good or you're gonna die. <laughs> He's like, so, you know, being a genius and being on ecstasy at the time, I hopped in my car and drove back to my hotel. I'm trying to flip on through the music and trying to find something to listen to. And the way he did, I can't even do it nearly as good as he can, but he's like acting like he's turning the dial on stage. It's all, yeah. yep, uh, yep, uh, and then, uh, 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 uh. <laughs> he's like flipping through all this stuff. And then it's all, tonight. Kill the unicorn. <laughs> but yeah, he's hilarious, dude. He's got another one where he's talking about how this place he's playing at that night has a train tracks or like a train right outside of the the bar. Oh yeah. He's like, that seems like a very bad idea on a couple different levels. <laughs> he's like, but it'd be really good if you got into a fight. He's like, what? You want some crap? Step back. Step back. Step back, bang! <laughs> uh. 
One of my favorite ones is when he's talking about because he's Mexican. Yeah. And he's like, us Mexican guys, we fight different. He's like, you white guys, you're like, all right, man, let's throw down. And it'll be one on one. He's like, not us. He's like, we always have a cousin somewhere. He's like, every time I've ever seen one of my buddies get into a fight, it's always like, oh, you want to go, essay? Let's do this. Hey, Richard! <laughs> All right, okay. folks, well, that's going to wrap it up for 59.59. And there's, once again, that awkward silence where I get to my phone. And we're ending it right here, folks. At 56.50. 56. 50. <laughs> 56. 50. Six. <laughs>